Alrighty, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala Rasulihil Kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We see blessings on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we are in Fihi Ma Fihi, discourse number 10. And the floor is yours. The Parvana said, before the master appeared, Molana Bahauddin was apologizing to me and saying that our Lord had said, the prince should not trouble himself in coming to see us because we are subject to various states. In one state we speak, in another we do not. In one state we can deal with people, in another we prefer to withdraw in solitude. And sometimes we are completely absorbed and bewildered. God forbid the prince come while we are unable to commiserate with him or have not the leisure to converse with him and counsel him. It would be hard, it would be better therefore for us to go to visit our friends when we are at leisure so that we may receive attention and be a benefit to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And so Molana Bahauddin is the father of Rumi. Okay. And, and so the Pravana said, before the master appeared, Bahauddin was apologizing to me and saying that our Lord has said the prince should not trouble himself in coming to see us because we are subject to various states. And so, so think back to the very beginning of the book where we said that the best, the worst scholars are the ones that visit princes. The best princes are the ones that visit scholars. And, and the scholar that is relying on the prince is in a very desperate state. Mm-hmm. And so, so what is the point here? The first concern is that if the prince is coming along, mm-hmm. you don't want to get caught up in the fact that he has power and he can do things for you. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to be forgetting Allah Ta'ala. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it's just like imagine, you know, suppose you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk is coming mm-hmm. to campus. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to visit uh, kind of hoping he would do something for them. Mm-hmm. Hey, throw a billion dollars at me, you know, whatever the case may be. And so that's especially the concern of students of spirituality. You like these DeSalvo students okay. is you don't want to forget why you are in study. Okay. So, and then taking it further, in one state we speak, in another we do not. In one state we deal with people, in another we prefer to withdraw in solitude. And so, so they want to be coming in a condition where they are able to, to talk to the, uh, the, the prince properly. Okay. Meaning their sight is still on Allah Ta'ala. Okay. And they're addressing the prince according to the protocols like the manners they're supposed to use like in in speaking to the prince but they don't want to get caught up in being brown nosers you know looking at what the prince can do for them you're trying to impress the prince mm-hmm. and so so god forbid the prince comes while we are unable to commiserate with him or have not had the leisure to converse with him and counsel him and and so on top of that they want to be a benefit to the prince you know as opposed to the prince being a benefit to them. And so in that first discourse, we basically said like the, that, the, that the person who's dedicating themselves to, to Allah Ta'ala, mm-hmm. then Allah makes them a vessel through which to provide benefit for everyone else. Okay. 
but it's very easy to forget that in a split second and then try to become the vessel for for the prince. Mm -hmm. So dunya is that tricky. So it would be better, therefore, for us to go visit our friends. And it's sort of like, okay, I know how to talk to my friends, and then then I can talk to to, to the prince. So what is the point here? Is that <clears throat> dunya itself is full of snares okay. that can distract you from Alotalo. But especially in dunya, it's people that can distract you from Alotalo. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's... Uh, it's easy to turn to a person rather than turn to Allah, not in worship, mm-hmm. but in dependence. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, big snare that many, many people fail. Okay. The contemporary equivalent of that would, of course, you know, being, you know, getting connected to a politician mm-hmm. or connected to a celebrity or getting connected to someone who's super rich, mm-hmm. you know, or becoming a celebrity preacher, mm-hmm. you know where you forget your focus is supposed to be on Olatala and your focus is more, you know, what are the material benefits all these people can give me? Cool. All right, let's continue. Um, who is the Parvana again? So, okay, so Parvana is an interesting word. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, like, you know, words in Urdu like parinda and such. Mm-hmm. So par, the idea is something that flies. So Parvana is a word for butterfly. Okay. But here, essentially, it's sort of like just this... You know, this um, almost like a sheikh, but, you know, just someone who's traveling around. And when he's referring to our Lord, is he referring to like the scholar? So so the word Maulana is is a fascinating word. You can either translate it as as our Lord, our master, or you can translate as our servant because Maula can also be servant. And so I have a teacher... Oh, your guy, uh, Dr. Isa, mm-hmm. and who his buddies all call him Molana. Mm-hmm. And on the surface, it sounds like they're all speaking of him with, with respect. And he goes, no, they're mocking me, you know, because of the word Molana. And so, yeah, our Lord here is basically saying, um, uh, like they're, they're referring to their teacher. You know, like when we use Sidi, Sedna, that's what all this stuff is. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. When you're ready, next paragraph. I, I told Molana Bahauddin in reply, said the prince, that I do not come in order for our Lord to pay attention to me and converse with me, but rather in order that I may have the honor of being among the ranks of his servants. Now it happened at that time that our Lord was preoccupied and did not make an appearance. He kept me waiting for a long time that I might realize how difficult it was for the Muslims and good people I kept waiting at my door. Our Lord made me taste the bitterness of that experience, thereby teaching me better than to do the same to others. Mm-hmm. So this is this is literally old school teaching. Yeah. You know, contemporary teaching, you have to explain everything. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas old school, because if you if you don't, then the students are all going to go away. You know, why is he being so mean? You know, it's also funny because a lot of students come to me with complaints about teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll say to them, okay, so your basic complaint is that the teacher's mean. You know. Like, yeah, but it's not professional. I go, the teacher has uh, the authority to teach whatever way they want, you know. So I'm sorry your teacher's mean. Anyway, so so here, um, so the prince is saying, I didn't come for people to pay attention to me. You know, rather, I'm coming here to be a student. Mm-hmm. But what did happen 
is I came and I waited and I waited and I waited. <clears throat> and then I realized what it's like for all these people who come to my door asking for help and they're just sitting there and waiting. And so the teacher is sometimes teaching verbally. Okay. Very often the teacher is forcing you to be formed mm-hmm. and that happens by action. Okay. And so the example here is I went and the teacher made me wait. And then I realized while I was waiting, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So now there's a deeper point here. Uh, something we've touched upon that, all right, <clears throat> in the sense that believers are mirrors of each other, mm-hmm. that if you see a flaw in another believer, it's actually in you. Mm-hmm. If you see a flaw in your teacher, that's definitely in you. Okay. So, so that's the point that's being made here. And so often the teacher is making you see a flaw in yourself. Okay. No. Let's continue. Uh, okay. No, our master said to him, I kept you waiting purely out of favoritism. It is told that God says, O oh, servant of mine, I could grant the wishes you express in your prayer immediately, but your plaintive cries are dear to me. Response comes late in order that you plead more. So much do I enjoy the sound of your pleading. For instance, two beggars come to someone's door. One is agreeable and dear to the master of the house, but the other is repulsive. The master tells his servant, quickly, without delay, give that repulsive man a piece of bread so that he will go away from our door as soon as possible. Tell the other one who is dear to us that the bread is not baked yet and that he should wait until it's ready. So so the teacher hears about this. Again, our Lord, our master, these are all the same terms. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the teacher's saying, yeah, actually, no. Um, uh, I wanted you to stick around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so this is a common teaching that the Sufis do when you feel like your prayers are not being answered, is that maybe Allah just loves hearing your voice. Okay. Because a person might think, okay, I'm making dua to Allah and I feel like it's not getting answered. And then they might think that, okay, Allah doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. And, and the argument here is that maybe that's a sign that they actually like you, that Allah likes you more. Mm-hmm. Because the essence of your relationship with Allah is dependence. Mm-hmm. And part of the essence of dependence is to keep asking from Allah. And so if you feel like your prayers are not getting answered, so you keep asking more, that is often looked at as a statement of love from Allah Ta'ala. And that's what's being said here, that the teacher is saying, yeah, I like your voice so much that I just want to keep hearing it. Okay. And so that's a deeper lesson here. And then it says, yeah, for instance, two beggars come to the, someone's door. One is agreeable and dear to the master of the house, but the other is repulsive. The master says, okay, give the repulsive man some bread. Right. So mm-hmm. Allah Ta'ala doesn't like this person. Okay. They give, and that person's given everything that they're asking for. So they go away. But Allah likes this other person. Allah loves this other servant. And so it's no, keep asking me, keep asking me, keep asking me. Which is counterintuitive in terms of what we think. We would think that, or if Allah so, loves someone, they're going to keep answering. Allah's going to keep answering their prayers. But it's actually the reverse. As long as you keep asking. If you ask and then you give up, then that's the opposite of what we're talking about here. 
All right, continue. Is this idea that uh, the idea of your prayers not being answered, maybe being a sign that Allah loves you more, is that just, just a Sufi idea or is that like a... Well, it's funny because uh, I heard this from a friend of mine who is very skeptical of all Sufis. Mm -hmm. So this is probably some reading of a particular hadith somewhere okay. that I'm not familiar with. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's definitely something you find among the Sufis. Okay. But like I said, because of the first time that I heard this uh, was from someone who is not a fan of Sufis at all. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway. Right. I would rather see my friends and gaze upon them to my fill and they upon me, because when friends here in this life have seen each other's substance thoroughly, their friendship will gain an intensity in the next world. They will recognize each other immediately. Knowing how they were together in this world, they will cling fast together because one quickly loses one's friends. Don't you see how in this world you become fast friends with someone? In your opinion, that person is a paragon of virtue like Joseph. Yet with one untoward act, he is served from your sight and lost to you forever. That Joseph is turned into a wolf. The same person you used to consider a Joseph, you now see as a wolf. Even though his form is unchanged and he is the same person you used to see, by virtue of this one incident, you have lost him. Tomorrow when the resurrection comes and this essence is changed into another essence, if you have not come to know a person well and not penetrated thoroughly into his essence, how then will you recognize him? The gist of this is that we must see each other deeply and go beyond those good and bad qualities that adhere to every human being. We must penetrate and see each other's essences because those qualities that distinguish men from one another are not their true characteristics. Okay, so this is this whole this whole discourse is a big lesson on, on friendships and such mm -hmm. and, and relationships. And so, yeah, <clears throat> so I'd rather see my friends and gaze upon them. One second. So yeah, I would rather see my friends and gaze upon them to my fill and they upon me, right? And, and so once you've really gotten to know your friend well, that intensity is going to be greater in the Akhira, which is pretty cool, right? So whoever, think of whoever your closest friends are, you're going to be even tighter, inshallah, in Jannah, inshallah. And you're going to recognize each other immediately. And again, think about that. Like, okay, there's an ayah that I always find fascinating um, about the, at the time of the Prophet, peace upon him, the, the recipients of previous revelation. Mm -hmm. They recognize the Prophet being the Prophet mm -hmm. as well as they recognize their own sons. Okay, so this is Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah, uh, Surah 2, Ayah 146. And I always find that fascinating because if you're on Hajj, with 3 million people, 5 million people, and you lose your family member, mm -hmm. as soon as it, you're gonna, as soon as you see mm -hmm. someone who looks like your family member, you're gonna think, wait, nope, nope, bam, there's my, there's my, you know, my brother, sister, mother, father, child, right? And, and so, so that's how clear the prophet was, peace be upon him, to the people, you know, the people of the book in, in Medina. Mm -hmm. And here, we're talking about in Akhira, you're going to re recognize your close friends right away. So here it's not in a crowd of 5 million people. It might be in a crowd of 15 billion people. It's like, you know, you're going to, we'll give uh, one of your, 
let's say what's some generic Muslim name, Miriam. Okay, so so Sarah's gonna be like Miriam, there you are. You know, chances are you probably have a close friend named Miriam. But um, but the point is that that is how clear you'll recognize someone in the Akhirah. On the flip side, you have the opposite. You might have someone that you think is amazing in the way people were with Joseph, peace be upon him, but one wrong turn and you see them like a, as a vile, repulsive wolf. So you will have that experience in relationships in this world too when they show their true colors. Like they say, the leopard reveals its spots. And so in dunya, all of us have a shell where we are not revealing our true selves. In true friendship is when the friendship goes beyond the shell. This is the hard part when you're looking for your life partner. Because, especially in our system, I mean, like, I'll put it like this. It doesn't matter how many things a person has done with someone else. If you're not married to them, living with them, you still don't know them. And not just living with them, living to them with them with the contract of marriage. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a common practice in our general culture, right? You live with someone for a couple of years, then you decide to marry them. And, and I'm saying even then you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so every one of us has a shell. And so true intimacy is to move beyond the shell to see the real person. Mm-hmm. And then if you reach that point, you're going to have a much stronger relationship in Akhara. But you might go beyond that and discover that they are the opposite of what you thought. And so part of the realm of the Akhira is the realm in which all these exterior shells are, are removed. Give me another second here. Okay, uh, hey Sarah, if you don't mind, uh, actually, I got to take off. No worries. And and so this is actually a good stopping point. So we're on page thirty-nine. They tell of a man such and such and such and such. But that's the overall theme here. The overall theme here is is how relationships operate with the ultimate relationship being you and Allah Taala, and then secondarily you and teachers, and then you and friends, and so forth and so on. Yeah. Okay, on that note, any any questions about any of this? No questions. All right, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubi ilaik. I'll tell you, inshallah, and I'll see you next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.